0: Welcome to A Word from the Valley, a weekly podcast produced for you from Zion Lutheran Church in Middletown, Maryland. For more information about our faith community and our weekly worship services, visit us at zionmiddletown.org or find us on Facebook. We hope you have a great week and God bless. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. So when I talk to you about Lent, and when I um, talk to you as far as the focus, what is Lent about, you may recall that what I usually say is it's the time of our church year where we examine ourselves and we think about what is it that we trust in, we put in between ourselves and God. What are those things that we turn to before we would turn to God so that we examine those things and we name those things and so that we remember that they are not to have the most important pull on our lives, that we are to return to God so that that relationship is even stronger, not what our trust is, that thing in the middle. So that's what I tell you. A lot of you work, you examine. You examine, you think about, right? You may have heard that when I say that. So we said we are studying uh, the small catechism during this time and focusing on... um, what Luther says in the small catechism, this week was the Ten Commandments. So I actually practiced what I preached, um, which, sorry, doesn't happen as often as I would like. But I went and I read the small catechism, and uh, I read over the Ten Commandments. Um, I also told the folks that were here on Wednesday night, uh, Luther did the small catechism for everyone. It was to be very accessible for everyone, especially families. But Luther also decided that Pastors and teachers of the church needed a more in-depth kind of explanation of these things, so then I I turned to the large catechism. Uh, And I wanted to share with you just a small snippet this morning that pertains to all of this, I promise. So here is Luther's explanation to pastors and teachers of the church uh, about the first commandment. You are to have no other gods. That is, you are to regard me alone as your god. What does this mean and how is it to be understood? What does to have a God mean or what is God? Answer, a God is the term for that to which we are to look for all good and in which we are to find refuge in all need. Therefore, to have a God is nothing else than to trust and believe in that one with your whole heart. As I have often said, it's trust and faith of the heart alone that make both God and an idol. If your faith and trust are right, then your God is the true one. Conversely, where your trust is false and wrong, there you do not have the true God. For these two belong together, faith and God. Anything on which your heart relies and depends, I say, that is really your god The intention of this commandment therefore is to require true faith and confidence of the heart which flies straight to the one true god and cling to him alone What this means is see to it that you let me alone be your god and never search for another In other words whatever good thing you lack look to me for it and seek it from me. And whenever you suffer misfortune and distress, crawl to me and cling to me. I, I myself, will give you what you need and help you out of every danger. Only do not let your heart cling to or rest in anyone else. Dang, does Luther write good stuff. We have before us the gospel lesson of the prediction, the first prediction in Mark of Jesus is dying. And of course, we have Peter doing his beautiful work of being Peter. Right before this prediction, Peter did the work of saying, When Jesus asked, Who do you say that I am? Jesus, or Peter, did the thing where he did the right thing and said, You are the Messiah. You are the Messiah. Now, Jesus follows up with what that means to Jesus. Of course, that means suffering and being betrayed and being killed. And Peter then says, No, that is not Messiah, and takes him aside. Now, notice this in Mark. Again, this is the movement of Mark. Peter takes him aside. Now, also remember this, friends. We like to give Peter a hard time, right? We're like, Peter, how can you get it one second and the next you don't? Guess what, friends? We are Peter, right? We get it one second and the next we don't. But Peter takes him aside. And he rebukes Jesus. It never works well when you rebuke Jesus. Has anyone had that experience? (laughs) Never works well. But he's trying to have this private moment over here with Jesus about how this isn't what this is to happen, but Jesus says, no, 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 this isn't a private moment. Notice that in the text, he turns to everyone. He has been talking quite openly, this moment of talking about what Messiah is or is not in the case as it may be. No, 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 this is for everybody. Your mind is not, your mind is not in the right place, Peter. Get behind me. Of course, he says that first. Get behind me. Your mind is not on divine things. It's on human things. Now, like I said, we always want to say, oh, that Peter, oh, that Peter. But that's us. That's us. I want you to take a step out here for a second and think in in culture, think of a movie. We have a protagonist who is in a particularly dramatic moment. I mean, if you want to, come with me, superhero movies. You have the superhero who is about to fight the evil villain, and there's usually some sort of other person with them, someone who is maybe a little more vulnerable, a sidekick, or, oh, hello, it's movie magic, a love interest, or but someone who is not as strong, right? And what does the superhero or the protagonist, the stronger person, do with that person? Get behind me. I'm going to protect you, right? That's usually how this works, and then we hold our breath and we watch as this superhero is so torn with trying to keep someone safe that they love and care for, right? Right? friends how does this all tie together i've been telling you and focusing on saying about the work you need to do during lent the slippery slope of that is you even in lent can become your own god where i'm not doing lent right i'm not i'm not doing this right i'm not getting it right well with it this is the focus of lent the cross Jesus is the one, your superhero if you will friends, the one who is always wanting to put us behind, to protect us, to give the final sacrifice for us. Lest in this season we make it about us, I want you to remember above all that the season is more about him and what he does for us and will always step in for us, even when we don't get it right. We are so, so blessed to have a God who loves us, who will walk with us, who will give his final life and breath to put us safely behind him. Let us give thanks and remember that focus And why we need to be so close to this one who gives his life for us. That is enough work in itself. Amen.